What's up, listeners? <laughs> it's me, your host, Will King. And I'm joined. And apparently it's 1993. Yo, yo. Yes, it is. Yo, yo, yo. I was thinking. Fido, Dido. What intro haven't I done? And what's <laughs> up <laughs> seemed top of mind when I was thinking about it. Um, we're back. Episode 31, I believe, of Monstrology. Um, Happy New Year, Matra. Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that? Probably I not. I don't know. It's I... the first time I've seen you in the new year, so I think That's it's right. safe. Right. It's yeah. it's it's legit. It's legit. It's yeah. legit. legit. <laughs> we're very cool today. Um, too was... legit to quit if we're going to keep up with this theme of early 90s references. Far too legit to quit. Um, <laughs> I imagine I have an important question for you, as I often do. As often you do, yes. Now, this is very important, you know, people, mm-hmm, you, you, mm-hmm. I, I hope you've been doing this, but Madrin, when is the last time that you got your eyes checked? Uh, It was actually right before the pandemic hit. Nice. So I guess I'm overdue. You're, I think mm-hmm. you're, I think really they say you're, you should do it every year, but mm-hmm. my insurance covers it every other year. I see. So I'm still overdue. Mm-hmm. And to, were your eyes, they were functional? Well, yes, they're functional, <laughs> but I will, I will say as I get older, they seem to need glasses more mm-hmm. and more. Mm. Nah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I have found that I have uh, one eye that is significantly better than the other. Um, so it, right. I went most recently right after the pandemic had started when everything was shut down. And I took a lovely nap and slept on my glasses and snapped them into two pieces and could not get them replaced for a while, which is a bummer when you're stuck at home and just want to like read and watch. Yeah, and you're just supposed to be like watching TV and yeah. Um, I dropped, uh, I that reminds me, I draw, I have a backup pair of glasses that I keep in my purse because I need to, to wear them for driving. Uh, and on the day that we were packing up the car to come home from visiting our family, I dropped my glasses in the driveway and right in the middle of the lens, oh, right where no. I have to look through scratch. is this teeny tiny scratch, which would nice. otherwise not bother me, except it is directly in the middle. Yes. So it is the part where I have to look. That's tough. So now they've become my like backup, backup, backup pair. Mm. Well, at least now you have a couple pairs. Different? Do you get a different color, like a different style? Well, I didn't get new. These particular ones, uh, I only bought because there was an online company that was very forcefully shoving online ads down my throat every time mm-hmm. I would log on to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I might and, know the one. <laughs> yes. Well, and luckily, my prescription is not very complicated. So I truly did not have to pay anything extra for these glasses. So I literally just paid for the shipping. I, so for 10 bucks, I got, this is like my third or fourth pair of glasses. So the fact that I dropped those particular ones in the driveway isn't the worst thing. They're not my like super expensive from the optometrist hundreds of dollars ones. That's good. Luckily. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a positive. Um, I feel like I relate to today's monster slightly because uh, I struggle slightly with depth perception, um, and I feel like this monster probably struggles slightly uh, with depth perception as well. Um, today's monster uh, has, I would say, a very 
large, wide field of vision, but we'll find out how far they can see. Because today's monster is Cyclops. So Cyclops are basically one-eyed monsters. That's their whole jam. That's what they do. <laughs> that is their defining feature. They have one eye. Yeah, a character or creature that has only one eye. Um, but I also think that we should, uh, like typically my vision of a Cyclops is that they are giant and humanoid. So mm -hmm. they have, you know, two arms, two legs, all the fingers and toes. That sort of thing. essentially they look like Certainly. big giant humans, but just have the one eye. Mm -hmm. That's and are often violent, I guess. The most my... common. I don't know yeah. what we'll get into kind of the violence because I've got a couple that like, is true. variants. Yes. Sir. Yes. Um, but certainly I, I think I would agree that the predominant image of a cyclops would be a giant, like a tough-skinned humanoid with a very large singular eye. In, in between where we would have two eyes. So it's just kind of a replacement on their face above the nose, you know. Um, right, like what would be the center of the forehead? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, unlike some monsters, you know, have an eye on their shoulder, or their back or something, or the back of their head. This one is... Indeed. Is where you imagine... Or like um, that Pan's Labyrinth monster that so Ooh. impractically has his eyes in his hands. That doesn't on seem very practical. Well, no, it's not very practical. But it's like I would think that you would be constantly getting dirt in your eyes if they were on your hands. Well, actually, he's probably just getting little bits of food in his eye hole hands because yeah. of all of his feasting. Um, anyway, that's not a cyclops. <laughs> so we don't. <laughs> that's we another monster. Um, yeah, but essentially, um, they're they're a single eyed monster. But I found it interesting that Cyclops actually translates to circle eye or wheel eye. So Cyclops has more to do about the size of the monster's eye than it being singular. So Cyclopean mm -hmm. technically means huge and not one-eyed, which uh, has no reference to the fact that they're giants or humanoids or any of this, right? It's interesting that the origin of the word isn't necessarily what we expect in this circumstance. I also um, found it interesting that the plural of Cyclops appears to be Cyclopes. Oh, Cyclopes, like little, yeah. little tiny green ones. Like I thought it would be Cyclopses or even maybe Cyclopes, but no, apparently the plural, hmm. like if you have more than one Cyclops in a grouping, you may refer to them as Cyclopes. I was definitely just thinking they were Cyclops with an S. <laughs> uh, nope. But yeah, Cyclopes. We often argue as to what the plural of our monster is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because there is histories, but with monsters, there's so many alternative histories that I guess there's alternative beliefs in the word too. 
See, and um, this is why we've got to go right to the source. We we right. need to ask our guest later. Yeah. We'll have to make sure that we get to the bottom of that. Make make sure we make note of that. Um, there's an interesting thing that sometimes monsters represent certain things too. And I did find some information that said uh, monocular vision uh, is symbolic of a metaphorical narrow vision and lack of um, perception. So that like some of the uh, villains that were monsters in these stories um, have one eye as an indication of their simplistic worldview. So the idea oh, that the is that why there are so many James Bond villains that have an eye patch? I, I hope so. I hope that's why. Because that seems um, to me like such a such a villainous trope is that they you know they yeah, wear an eye patch. I think it really could actually be that. Um, mm. Which, uh, you know, probably doesn't hold up well in uh, the modern world in our point of view. Uh, But from a narrative, like historical point of view, I could definitely see that being the origin. Um, Well, let's just get into some of the Greek of it all, because I feel like that's often (laughs) the most intimidating thing to kind of tackle. Yeah, in uh, in our prep conversation here this morning, we were saying about like, wow, here we go with another Greek monster. And so we've got a ton of history and a ton of lore to talk about. So yeah. yes, I think you should just dive right into it and we'll just skim skim the surface at the very least. Yeah, I, I don't really want to go into each like long story unless you have any particular ones that you'd like to highlight for the context of, of understanding character. But I will kind of give um, a couple categories of Cyclops within their kind of mythology. So the there's, there's, I'd say, three major categories of Cyclops or Cyclopes. Cyclopes. Um, see, the, the first is the Hesiodian. I see I had said Cyclopses described <laughs> in the Hesiod's Theogony. And in this version, there's three brothers, uh, Argies, Thunderer, uh, Ster- Steropes, Lightner, and Brontes vivid so they have different metaphors of what they are um in in this uh version of the cyclopes um they were master craftsmen and giants of considerable size and power and they were prone to like fits of rage uh their father um uh, uranus was so afraid of their power and fits of rage that he imprisoned them in tartarus and then um They've got uh, their nephew, uh, Zeus, that essentially, um, I don't know, there's a very long story, but they were like trapped. <laughs> and they basically, these three worked together to forge Zeus's lightning bolt. So they all contributed one of the things that were central to their power, blinding light, lethal heat, and deafening thunderclap uh, for each of their special skills. Um, they also, because of their abilities as craftsmen, created Poseidon's trident. Uh, Hades uh, helmet of invisibility um, but eventually they were uh, surpassed by Zeus's son in terms of power and I guess stature um, that they uh, basically became servants to him uh, and um, basically assistants in creating a variety of these different things. Uh, they also created um, the solar and lunar bows and arrows of Apollo and uh, Artemis and um, in this context, all three of these uh, original Cyclops met uh, just horrible deaths at the hands of Olympians. Um, so Argies was killed by Hermes, um, basically 
like fighting against Zeus and Zeus's lust uh, in the story. Um, and then Apollo uh, killed both uh, Stirrups and Brontes um, in an act of vengeance for the death of his son uh, Asclepius. Um, but basically, the Cyclops had nothing to do with his death at all, other than forging the Thunderbolt, which Zeus used. And I, it sucks because all three of them basically are facing the wrath of the gods who surpassed them in power, but I don't think had any specific connection to actually like causing harm. Like the first one was guarding against Zeus who had kind of gone mad with lust. And the other ones were just the fall men because they created somebody's weapon and then they used the weapon improperly. It's like, don't blame the manufacturer for your death weapons, okay? Um, so, right, that's what all those warranties say is like use yeah. beyond what is recommended will null the, and void the warranty. Yeah, but it's like Apollo it's... couldn't exact his revenge on Zeus. So basically they had to be the person that, that suffered um, the wrath instead. Um, and it seems so it seems like these hesiotic cyclopes are master craftspeople, like master supernatural craftspeople, craft right? Like they made yeah. Zeus's lightning bolt, and you're saying too, they made um Poseidon's trident. Yeah, Poseidon's trident, yeah, uh, solar okay. and lunar bows for Apollo and Artemis. Like they really did in a lot of you know, those are heavy hitting uh historical um Oh, objects. so like, many, so many stories about those particular weapons and how they were integral to the victory of the person who was wielding yeah, them. Very yeah. iconic things. But the thing I think that's a feature for these, um, the, the Hesiodic Cyclopes, is that although they're described by Hesiod as having very violent hearts um, and their size, like extraordinary size, like these are the giants, really, uh, would have made them strong and capable of great violence. There's no indication that these um, Cyclops actually behaved in any other way as dutiful servants of the gods. So these are not your your vicious, like cannibalistic, um, giant uh, Cyclops. They, they're just strong craftsmen who are devoted to their work. Um, on the flip side, we've got the homeric uh, cyclopes from the odyssey um and these are the big dumb sorry to our guest uh <laughs> uncivilized giants who live in in caves and herd sheep for a living um these uh cyclops are derived from myths um where they're basically the children of poseidon um, which probably explains why they come from an island that they were uh, created in in the water. Um, and humans are on the list of things that these uh, cyclopes will eat. Um, but it's not the only thing. Um, yeah, well, I when I was reading about the Homeric cyclopes, there are so many different stories about how that they have no civilization or society really that is comparable to any kind of human e equal mm -hmm. so any human who encountered these cyclopes and happened to wander onto their island were met with just very violent uh eating <laughs> they were yeah. they were all eaten anybody who came to try to and i don't even think it was anybody who was like oh i'm gonna try to civilize these cyclopes it was just oops i've happened to wander into this island and oops now i've been eaten Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to protect your secret. I also thought it was really funny that one of the markers as to the fact that everybody considered them 
uncivilized was mm-hmm. that they didn't have any wine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but they only they only subsisted on sheep's milk and meat. And because they had no wine, they were uncivilized. <laughs> um, there is, yeah, one story related to the uh, being e- eaten on an island. Uh, just like a key part of the Odyssey is um, uh, basically Odysseus, uh, who's the hero in this context, meets the famous Cyclops uh, Polyphemius on the island. And he holds him and his mates captive while preparing to eat them. Uh, and he starts, you know, eating them off one by one. But Odysseus identifies himself when they ask him his name as nobody. And then while Polly uh, Femus is in his sleep, he stabs him in the eye before running away and blinds him. And then when um, uh, Polyphemus uh, like sees his fellow, fellow Cyclopses and they were like, who did it? He has to say, nobody, nobody did it. And that's why he gets away with being able to escape from the island because they can't identify who who blocked. Oh, him. that Odysseus! He's, He's just clever. so clever, isn't he? Yeah. We hear about him being so sneaky, deaky like that so many yeah. times. <laughs> Always escaping by the skin of his teeth. Um, yeah, but I just think that the takeaway for these ones is, you know, they are portrayed as violent, you know, borderline cannibals. They led uh, an unruly life. Um, they had neither social manners or fear for the gods. Um, they're described by Homer as they have no laws nor assemblies of the people, but live in caves uh, on the top of high mountains. Each is lord and master in his family, and they take no account of their neighbors. So, you know, they don't like dealing with people. They don't like dealing with each other. And I don't think they tolerate much. Um, but hear me out it's not they're they're just living their lives right they just live on this island they tend to their sheep they don't have dancing or drinking or laws but you know they're just keeping it themselves it's they only ever get violent with people when the people go to the cycle bees and try to start stuff it's true but uh yeah i mean i I, do you think they ever just get grumpy and bump into each other and fight like their demeanor seems to be a little bit uh gruff let's say well i don't know people start bumping into me i get grumpy too (laughs) i'm not a cyclops uh fair enough fair enough um there is one last kind of category uh that i would refer um you to if you're looking for information on this which is basically uh, there's wall building uh, cyclopses or kind of architectural building cyclopes. I know, but I have it written so many different ways in my notes, Patrick. Um, um, I've, I'll try. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and forth. Basically, I think. Um, so these are less um, embodied in literature, and so they don't have a fancy literary name, um, but they do kind of go back to the craftsman version of the Cyclopes. Um, the Greeks saw these massive ancient structures and many of them were built with um, these giant limestone boulders um, roughly fitted together with um, basically no clay or mortar. And the boulders seemed unworked, um, but may have been worked like roughly with a hammer and kind of smaller chunks of limestone. Anyway, it's usually limestone um, with no uh, fixins or trimmins putting them together. Uh, but um, they basically saw these massive structures and assumed that they must have been built by 
giant um, Cyclops precursors, hence why it's called Cyclopean architecture. Like that's where the origin comes with the, the pieces were so big that it has to have been built by giants. And I think there is some sort of continued image of like a one-eyed monster that appears, but it comes more so from the size. Again, that's a misconception of what we think Cyclops is. It's like, it's not like gargoyles where you see gargoyles all over the place, you know? This is, it's uh, just Cyclopean because it's the massive boulders. Um, and they thought it must've been done by these Cyclops. Um, I was reading that there was somebody now he he was a poet who wrote a play mm -hmm. and he referred to these wall builders as the carogastors, which mm -hmm. means hand to mouth. Yes. And so people were saying that the that translation would mean that it just those were people who would work with their hands in order to earn their living uh -huh. in order, you know, basically those who feed themselves by manual labor. Mm hmm. So maybe they have a kind of a bit of a name, but that's definitely acknowledged as a fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now there is one last uh, kind of dark horse theory. Now we know this is nonsense, of course, because we're going to meet a Cyclops uh, later on the program. Um, but there was one conspiracy that uh, basically said that people discovered the uh, skull of an elephant, um, or even more specifically, a dinotherium fossil, um, which is like a early kind of prehistoric elephant that has tusks that run like straight down from their mouth. Um, but a particular feature of this prehistoric elephant, or just elephants in general, is that when you see just their head, it is kind of human-like, but they have a very large cavity in, in the center of where you would think um, the eye would be like the nose seems similar, the mouth structure is similar, and then there's a very large hole in the center. And it's believed that it's possible um, because these these skulls would be founded um, uh, occasionally on like Mediterranean islands for you know thousands of years ago. That these skulls people saw it and went, "Whoa, what created this? Oh, it must have been some sort of giant." Like, look at this enormous human skull, and there seems to only be room for one eye, and that might be where this first kind of image came from that they, they built this mythology out of. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, well, we can ask our guest if perhaps there's some truth to that. You know, maybe he was, his ancestors were visiting Greek islands. Yeah, oh. maybe they were spending mm -hmm. some some time yeah. at uh, Crete, the Greek island, uh, where they found some of these skulls. Um, yeah, what other random facts do I have? Apparently a sacred animal of the Cyclops, Cyclopes, Cyclopians, whatever, was a <laughs> sheep. They love sheep. <laughs> they, they would tend to their sheep. I guess some of them would eat the sheep too, but they seem to really like their sheep. So I like this notion of them being just kind of- Just sweet. like gentle shepherds. Yeah, sheep owners. <laughs> um, now imagine, I am assuming that you have a couple um, Cyclopes from around the world. Indeed They're I do. If I may, there's one that I really love that I would like to state first. Um, Go for it. It's the uh, uh, the Kerakasa, which is a Japanese um, uh, monster. Um, so the Kerakasa, also known as the Kerakasa Kozo or the Kasa Obake, which means umbrella ghost, is a <laughs> Japanese fantastic creature with the body of an old oiled paper Chinese umbrella. 
and it is um, usually represented as an anthropomorphic being with one eye, an overly long tongue sticking out of the mouth, and one leg in place of the handle. Um, and its leg ends in either a clawed foot or a human foot wearing a wooden sandal. And sometimes it has arms and sometimes it doesn't. I kind of prefer that it doesn't. But it's just such a wild image to me of a one-eyed umbrella ghost with a leg and a really long tongue. And um, I just thought it was great. I just I love it. That's probably strange image. The most distinctive monster we have talked about so far. Yeah. An umbrella ghost. An umbrella ghost with human features and unhuman features. And it strikes the balance between being both an object and a monster. It belongs in a certain category. Um, damn, now I think. Uh, is it part I, of the, is it part of the yokai? Yeah, it's the, well, oh, okay. it's the yokai, but there's a specific category of these ghosts, which are, I think it's after the object has lived for either a hundred or a thousand years it gains its own sentience. So there's all of these Japanese, basically object ghosts. And so this one is the umbrella version, but there's other ghosts of your household that gain sentience after living for a certain period of time, which I also thought was just such a like fun concept. Well, I yeah, that is, I mean, this kind of goes off on a tangent. We're not really talking about Cyclopes anymore, but I do know that often, you know, when we were talking about our other supernatural guests, it is often in Western culture that a spirit will be embodied or or kind of held to this plane by a particular object. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you know, grandma's in that lamp or, you know, my great aunt Gertie who died on her wedding night. And so her spirit lives in her engagement ring and things like that. So this just seems like it's one step further that then once these ghosts have been around for so long, the Mm -hmm. object itself becomes the ghost. Yeah. It's it's, so it's, I just double checked. It's um, they're called Tsuko Mogami and it's uh, they have to have lived at least a hundred years and they are the uh, category of yokai. Um, but specifically, yeah, 100 years for these kind of objects to gain their own power. And it happens a lot in like uh, anime and manga, like it's more common in that kind of storytelling. Uh, these okay. little like kind of pop-up characters, uh, which maybe we'll get into a little bit later, but um, yeah, what a delight. Well, if we are going to talk about other Cyclopes-esque Care, uh, monsters around the world uh there is one from japan that i thought was really really interesting and funny mm-hmm. called the hitosumi kozu okay it takes on the appearance of a bald-headed child with one eye in the center of its forehead uh-huh and what's really interesting and to me so amusing about this particular one is that they're essentially harmless all they do is just kind of suddenly appear and surprise people and because they're so harmless compared to the other so many other supernatural entities in japanese lore they're often depicted in a very cartoonish cute manner like the pictures that i found it basically looks like charlie brown in a kimono Mm. big bald head (laughs) 
just the one goofy eye in the middle of the center of the face and like just kind of like this simple frowny mouth it's all the Are time they it's very also funny capable of uh, kicking a football and falling into the ground <laughs> probably it seems like they don't actually do very much of anything it's uh like there's a story where this this one man goes to the estate of this well-to-do samurai family and he's going to do business with them and while he's waiting for the meeting to start um one of the kozu looks which appears to him to be about a 10 year old boy just shows up and starts rolling up and down this hanging scroll that was on the wall like basically flip up flip down flip up flip down and that's all he did okay and the man said to him you know don't don't be playing pranks on people it's not nice to do those things and the little boy cyclops thing just says shut up and then it it (laughs) scared the man so badly that he screamed and fell down and then the family was like okay you seem a little kooky don't we're not we don't want to do business with you right now but like that's all that the kid and then there was another story where um there was a girl who was just walking down the street and this eight or nine-year-old child who turned out to be a kozu just said hey do you have any money and the child said no and then the kozu just glared at her a lot and so she but then she was so startled by this that she fainted right in the middle of the road mm. but that's all that it ever did that's so and you know place to faint but my favorite part about this is that they are often depicted carrying tofu okay But what's really funny about this is that um, apparently there's a concept that like uh, it's called mametsu, which means sound health. Basically, it's like that you are a healthy person. And so it's uh, known that if you eat a lot of tofu, you it leads to your good health. But the kozu are supposed to really dislike beans, but they somehow Missed the memo that tofu is made up entirely of soybeans. Oh. And so it became one of their favorite foods. And so, <laughs> like, it's just the silliest, most ridiculous. So they are often depicted carrying around these blocks of tofu. Uh-huh. Just, just it's so their, funny. their little bean treasure, I guess. Yeah, at least little, yeah. <laughs> but then on the flip side of it, I was reading about um, uh, a really evil, malevolent one-eyed figure in islamic eschatology it's called the al i'm going to mispronounce this al masid al dajjal often it's shortened to just dajjal it's essentially the islamic version of the antichrist Mm. so it's the stories are all about how they're going uh the dajjal is going to rise up in the east and deceive so many almost everybody around him by performing miracles by you know healing the sick and raising the dead and he can only do but he usually only does that his magic is done with the aid of devils versus when their actual messiah comes to be he'll be able to do that through his own purity essentially mm. but they're they're often depicted as this very evil malevolent end of the world kind of character it's a really cool character i feel like i haven't seen much of that in storytelling but that maybe just speaks to you know my uh north american you know storytelling point of view but that's such a cool antagonist like to yeah i'd love to see that in something he's never actually specifically referred to in the quran but there are other 
texts that are believed by most Muslims to be a record of all of the words and actions and all of the things that the Prophet Muhammad said through his narrators and translators. Mm -hmm. So they're still considered to be true or, 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 you know, part of very, they're a very integral part of the Islamic faith. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then there's the last one who I thought was, was really, yeah. Well, and there, and there are tons, actually, I was really surprised by how many of these one-eyed giant creatures there are. So I just chose some of my favorites. There's another one um, in Irish mythology called Baylor. And I picked this one because I thought it actually sounded very similar to a lot of the Greek stories that we were talking about. Um, He's a giant with one large eye and the eye itself has the power to wreak havoc and destruction when it's open. Sauron style. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's um, like there's one. So he takes place or sorry, he takes part in two very famous battles, uh, which are part of the um, the Battle of Mag Tirid. They're they're very I guess they're very famous battles in Irish mythology. Baylor is killed by his own grandson, Lug. Mm-hmm. And. It, so when his eye gets open, it unleashes, quote, a power of poison. But it took the strength of four warriors just to lift up the eyelid. Wow. Yeah. And so it took the four warriors to pull back his eyelid. And then Lug shot a slingshot at the eye, which blasted right through it and came out the other side. Well, and then when Baylor really fell. Slingshot. Yes. And then when Baylor fell, he crushed 27 of his own soldiers on the wow. way down. So that's, yeah, that's how they ended up um, defeating him as part of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was just really interesting. It was like, he's got this power of poison, this very destructive force just by opening that eye. Mm. It's actually very Lord of the Rings now that I think about it. But uh Yeah. Oh, you're right. That does Irish? sound very sour. Yes. Right? Like uh, an eye being does very, open sound very that much like, leads, like that sour leads on. your yeah. army to violence and incites like poison in your mind, which is kind of cool. Uh, I wonder if there's some um, influence there on, on Tolkien's writing. Hmm. Entirely possible. Yeah. Um, all right, Madrin. Uh, well, I think we've really dived uh, pr- pretty well into the history here. Um, we've got some some cyclopes uh, from all over the world and we've kind of hit our major categories of uh, gentle giant craftsmen uh, or uh, cannibalistic um, sheep owners. <laughs> uh, you know, now wolves. that you say that, we <laughs> seem to have really run the gamut of personality and traits of all of, you know, are they wall builders? Are they the antichrist of Islamic yeah, mythology? They run, like... They just run the gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, uh, we're going to dig into some different pop culture. And after that, after that all uh, follow up break, uh, we're going to be going joined by guests who uh, might help us figure out uh, which personality these cyclopes really have. Uh, talk to you soon. So going into this monster, I had every intention of watching another classic old-timey movie 
and then I couldn't find a good one. Um, oh. There was a, a film called The Cyclops, but the more that I researched it, the more it seemed to be a movie about like someone who fell in radioactive sludge or something and just lost one of their eyes. So they weren't really a cyclops in the sense of being useful for us, I don't think. Are you talking um, about the one from 1957 with Lon Chaney Jr.? That's the one. Oh, great. See, what was what you know why I flagged that one as part of my like, oh, we should maybe talk about this. Is you remember, especially when we were talking about Godzilla, mm -hmm. just this, I think this movie really speaks to that era. Um Mm -hmm. How everybody was just so afraid of radioactivity and nuclear power. And it really was such a huge cultural issue. It was something that everybody was talking about. It was on everybody's mind. Because mm -hmm. um, the, essentially the plot is that this test pilot goes missing and his girlfriend organizes a search party. And these people go out um, into the Mexican jungle going to look for him. And... Ultimately, they find him, but also a mutated mouse and iguana and a boa and all of these, you know, issues and things like that, too. And um, he ends up killing one of the people in the search party, but it's clear that he recognizes his girlfriend. Uh, so I think, yeah, but I, so what was interesting about it to me is that, like, it was that 1950s version of the modern fear of what technology would do mm. to us for sure yeah i mean it, it's not so much that it, well, i did think that it was an interesting premise for a movie but i was trying to it's always funny right like sometimes i'll find films that are like oh this one two minute section of the film related to what we we're talking about but i shouldn't have spent so much time so i started just like looking for what is the best depiction of a monster cyclops like a popular film that people would have seen that features a monster with a large single eye and you'll never guess what uh i came up with veteran i watched monsters inc monsters inc that's right yes! <laughs> i was looking for the most iconic single-eyed monster uh that i could find and i landed on mike wazowski mike wazowski mike wazowski mike wazowski um yeah it was great there's like it, i had um kind of forgotten uh how kind of sweet that film is yeah it um, holds up it does yeah to those who haven't seen monsters inc um first go watch it first, second, you should you should <laughs> why you should not watch it uh but also um just the, the basic premise is there are monsters that sneak into children's rooms at night and they scare them, and the scaring that they do fuels these little energy pods uh, that help power their monster world. Um, and that's the basic premise, is that these two kind of um, buddies, uh, one of them being the Cyclops, Mike Wazowski, um, it, basically they, they go in and um, steal fear and power the universe with it uh but there's a bit of a conspiracy they meet a little girl and then have to after being terrified of her and then kind of uh growing to love and care for her have to protect her um she's named boo and they put her in this little kind of slug costume and she keeps getting lost and getting into trouble um but yeah it's 
it's great. There's a lot of good like little gags. Um, have you seen Monsters University? I have more recently. Yeah, I thought that it's one, cute. I, remember, I think I saw that one in theaters actually. Um, the thing that I remember about Monsters University is that it had this kind of great like third act reveal of a kind of uh you know sometimes and i think they did it so i'll play this in spoiling anything but i'm not going to spoil any of the plot other than like sometimes movies do this great thing where the hero succeeds a little too easily like and then it's over but in this context they they give you that kind of false ending and then give you the real ending afterwards like it's an mm -hmm. ending unearned and then an ending earned and that was, I remember, kind of my big takeaway from that movie is I, I liked what they did in the third act. Yeah, my um, my appreciation for Monsters, Inc. is that, like, especially with movies that are aimed at children, oftentimes the story is, oh, it takes you, the single protagonist, to be the thing in the world that is necessary. And you, you are the hero. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if there's something in this world that you want badly enough, like if you want to be a pilot badly mm -hmm. enough and you just keep working towards it you will be a pilot mm -hmm. but the lesson in monsters inc is that that doesn't always happen to everybody yeah and that's okay that that but even if you can't be the thing that you want most in life mm -hmm. you do have your talents there are things that you are great at mm -hmm. and you can help contribute to by using those talents you can help contribute to other people's greatness mm -hmm. and that i think was the lesson of, of monsters university Disney Pixar does this amazing thing too where sometimes their characters very often are like the perfect in embodiment of the thing they have to learn so mm -hmm. like in this case the protagonists that they picked are two scary monsters that need to learn to like love and laugh instead of scare and so they literally give them the profession to scare and they learn by like resisting the thing that they have to learn, but eventually they become the opposite. So it's like, there's a nice like transformation built in, but specifically like Disney Pixar does that very, very well. Um, yeah. The, I will say the only thing that is a little bit tough, which is just the circumstances, it feels like it was created at a time when some like computer animation was new. Like it, it there's scenes where I watch now where the animation feels like a little bit dated like i didn't see it all the time but there's a part where they're like walking down the monster street and they're talking to this guy who's like holding a bunch of vegetables and i'm just like ooh, it just looks a little old i mean it doesn't hurt the storytelling mm -hmm. right like it's it, it doesn't make it a a bad film um but i think we're just like spoiled with how like computer animation has evolved recently um or didn't seem quite as uh, smooth um there's another... now when you were when you were looking to find your cyclops movies did you find the 2008 version of cyclops starring none other than eric roberts uh no but tell me about oh. it well this one is set in ancient rome mm -hmm. and eric roberts plays emperor tiberius um there's a group of travelers who come across the cyclops who kills all of them except for one he Classic. goes back to uh the city and tells the emperor that there's a cyclops there the emperor sends his best commander to capture it and he succeeds and manages to do that he's going to make the cyclops the main attraction for a new circus apparently the emperor runs a circus <laughs> okay. on, you know on top of running an empire 
Um, it's just a little side hustle, you know? Yeah. And then, um, but then of course a group of slaves realize that they are going to be the thing that the Cyclops beats and eventually eats as part of the circus attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to escape. And then of course the um, commander who has been sent to capture the Cyclops is sent to capture them, but he's actually very against slavery and ends up arguing about it. And um, because the, and then the emperor gets really angry that his best man uh, hates slavery and so makes him become a gladiator to fight the Cyclops because of it. Mm-hmm. But then he realizes that he can teach the Cyclops simple words and simple concepts. Um, and so finally, eventually the emperor promises to give the Cyclops freedom if the Cyclops kills the commander. But because the Cyclops and the commander have kind of become friends, the Cyclops decides to kill the emperor instead. Hmm. Um, Then in another person kills the Cyclops in revenge for having killed the emperor. And then the commander kills that guy (laughs) because he killed the Cyclops. And then of course he manages to liberate all of Rome. Because that's what you do in there one you of these go, movies. That's a good, yep. uh, the, you know, put a bow on that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in stark contrast to all of these uh, murderous uh, exploits, I I went full wholesome this week, Madrin. Uh, another movie that we could talk about is uh, The Minions from Despicable Me, perhaps the second most oh, famous, uh, yeah. or even maybe the most famous uh, Cyclops. Um, not all of the Minions have one eye, but many of them do. And I looked it up too. This there was some specific detail that's like it's very normal. It's a part of the minion process. <laughs> some of them have one eye, and some of them have two. There's nothing wrong with that. It's them. fine. They're it's all normal. equal, lovely. It say beautiful why minion. some of them do and don't, but it's apparently a, a normal part of the minion process. Um, but yeah, very iconic minions. Um, shout out to my friend AJ who just loves minions has many 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 minion things um yeah but uh i haven't seen despicable me in a little while but basically the minions work for Gru, evil mastermind and they were featured in despicable me one and two and did they make three of them i can't remember i think I they made seen, a third one yeah I think i've seen one and, and two. then they've and made then the, the minions, minions have gotten their own movies specific yeah but the thing that's great about the minions movies is it, they're very just like silent film like it's all just like non-stop kind of slapstick humor and like physical jokes because they they can't talk very much <laughs> you know they just say simple phrases um so it, it does really take advantage of like the animation style um so shout out to minions and uh people who are very uh pro minion um <laughs> There is a couple of TV shows I'd love to talk about too. One, yes, that is I have near, one that is near and dear to I'm sure Imagine and I's uh, heart, as it is one of the best TV shows of all time. And I specifically did watch the episode about this character's origin. And yeah, I know it's so. I know who you're um, talking about. It's so we're talking about Futurama, we and uh, we're Tarangalila. Tarangalila. Um, <laughs> And I specifically watched the episode where Leela finds out um, who her parents are. Um, there is a really great shot in this episode where, like, you, you've kind of been told, uh, it's a spoiler, but this show's been out for a while, 
basically throughout the whole first three and a half seasons of the show that Leela is an alien from outer space. That's like her origin. She grew up in an orphanage and she's never got to see her, her parents. And um, at the beginning of this episode, uh, Fry and Leela are like standing on the side of the street at, at, at night, I think. And she's saying like, oh, I always used to like look up in the sky and try to imagine like where my parents are. And um, the it like like tilts up towards the sky and the stars and then tilts back down. And while it's tilting down, it goes down but below street level. And you can see two people that look like Leela like s- staring up at them through the sewer grate. Um, and it's such a sweet image of like who she thinks she is. And then just like immediately we find out before she does who her parents are or who they could be. Um, and then a spoiler alert, they, they are. Um, there's also a great line. Oh, what is the setup? Basically, um, uh, Fry like bursts into the orphanage trying to ask for information about Leela. And the guy who runs the orphanage is like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to waste your time with this information that could be or should be something. And Fry is like, my time is worthless. You can't waste my time <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and they're like, okay, fine. Very well. Um, yeah, I, that, episode, that episode is such a great example of, of the kind of the kinds of storytelling that makes Futurama great is that it is equal parts hilarious and silly but also heartwarming and really actually deep and poignant because yeah we find out that Leela is actually a mutant she was born mm-hmm. to sewer mutants but when she was born the only indication of her mutantness was that she had one eye she otherwise had just one head and two arms and two legs and 10 fingers and 10 toes. And her parents said she could pass in the human world. If we give her up to an orphanarium, (laughs) that's what they call the orphanages, the orphanarium, we can let, we can make people think that she is an alien and she'll be able to have a better life Mm -hmm. than because like they live in the sewers and they live off of the waste of the people Mm -hmm. in the city above them and the life of a mutant is a very hard and difficult one uh so just you know this heartbreaking thing that her parents acknowledge that she if they give her up she has the opportunity to have a much better life than what they could give her and it was Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's so sweet there's a, a classic uh Futurama or even like Simpsons does the two like very sweet montage too of her parents like secretly caring for her whole life of like young age and like leaving presents out on her birthday and stuff but there is a great reversal too of the storytelling where her parents basically say like you know we just tried to give you a good life and then when Leela finally figures out who her parents was like all I've ever really wanted to know is like who you are like and to meet you you know so the expectation versus like the reality of it, it kind of works both ways because I think she got to live a more, let's say, integrated life than the mutant life, which seems a little <laughs> sad in the old New York and the sewers, um, as opposed to new New York uh, on the surface in the year 3000, uh, to those who don't watch your trauma. Again, and if you don't, you should. You should, yeah. You know, It's great. Now, there's nothing There's nothing that's, that makes people not want to watch something, like being told that they should do something. But in, in this case, <laughs> you should. It's, it's, you should. it's very good. Yes. Um, uh, if we're just going into the groaning, graining verse, uh, there's some pretty iconic aliens in The Simpsons, Kang and Kodos, um, yeah. the alien duo. 
from another famous line uh don't blame me i voted for kodos <laughs> um, when they're two aliens that take over the world um and it's just a two-party vote where you can vote for one uh, uh evil alien or the other oh and um, there's the treehouse of horror where is it kang turns out to actually be maggie's father oh like she spreads yes. all these tentacles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah so there's two great like really great uh tv characters there as well um madrin do you have any tv or film uh that you'd like to talk about before i get into some other things well um you, this is probably going to fall under your other things but uh just such a huge iconic character that it spans several different kinds of pop culture is uh, Cyclops from Marvel Comics and mm -hmm. then the subsequent movies and television show that came out. Um, but yeah, I think like shout out to the animated series that came out in the 90s, mainly because that, to my recollection, that was the first introduction that I had into that kind of world, into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was wondering like how if, I learned about the, the, the mutants. Of I was the wondering if uh, Cyclops counted in a weird way. Like Cyclops does have two eyes beneath the he visor does. that is one eye that shoots lasers yeah but he's called a cyclops you're right yeah, yeah, how yeah, can we right. not talk about i know him? but Come that's on. why i had this kind of crisis of like does it count you know this yes is swamp, well because this is because that and i think also what's interesting what uh you know and i made the connection here is that you remember i was talking about that irish cyclops baylor mm -hmm. who has that uh powerful poisonous vision mm -hmm. right and it takes the power of four men to open up a death island. ray the de almost you know maybe this is like that was like the ancient irish death ray and so that is i mean so i would doubt any of our listeners don't know who cyclops from x-men is but just in case you you know he's a mutant whose ability is that he has in these incredibly powerful beams that come out of his eyes and he can only control them with this special visor that he wears at all times mm-hmm because otherwise he could blast a hole through anything that he looks at. So I think mm -hmm. it's just there. It's interesting. Maybe Stan Lee had some kind of influence when creating Cyclops in the comics. You know, maybe he knew about this powerful vision of the Irish Baylor. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, played by James Marsden in the X-Men movies to, mm -hmm. to those who are modern. You may recognize him from the uh, Sonic the uh, Hedgehog films <laughs> uh, featuring the voice of Ben Schwartz. But anyway, I, I digress. I actually enjoyed, I know it's the tangent again, but I actually enjoyed that first Sonic movie. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I have a real uh, love of Ben Schwartz. I think he's incredibly yes. funny and talented. Yeah, And, uh, and I think it's Jim Carrey at his Best. I love Jim Carrey. I think yeah. I have talked about this on yeah. the show. If not, then that's great. No, I think I literally did on the last episode talk about how much I like Jim Carrey because we were talking about the Grinch. Oh, because we were I talking about it, Grinch. And yes. I put it in and I put it in the list strictly for his performance. Yes. Anyway, he's great. Um, but that would be probably the most uh recent things that that James Marston would be recognized from. Um there's a couple really fantastic video games. Uh, that have uh, cyclopes in them. Um, so Excellent many use, proper use of the word. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's see how long it lasts. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that sometimes we have monsters that function really well in video games, and this is one of them for sure. Um, 
there's uh, a purple horn cyclops that uh, is a summon that you can use in final fantasy tactics final fantasy tactics came out i don't know i want to say like 15 years ago maybe even earlier than that it was like final fantasy's version of a fire emblem game so it's a more like a tactical turn-based um almost like a board game like you move your pieces around and they fight each other whereas generally final fantasy is not structured that way uh, but I did play that game and I really loved it. And you can summon this uh, purple horned Cyclops to fight for you, which is a great feature. Um, uh, the Cyclopes also appear in God of War. Um, uh, so they're recurring enemies in a few different varieties, but a common method for uh, finishing them or killing them as the case may be is to rip their eyes out which is a great kill also just to it seems very uh, Mortal Kombat to rip an organ out of somebody's body um, for the kill and then you can even trade their eyes for other things that, that will be of use to you in the game uh, like a nice little trophy um, wow so versatile so versatile or you can wear them <laughs> as an accessory <laughs> <laughs> you know, little uh, eye earrings. Um, uh, buy them, trade them, collect them with your friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, uh, now this, this actually ties back to uh, Monsters, Inc. In uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, which I have played and I've gotten to this level. Kingdom Hearts is also kind of a weird uh, Final Fantasy spinoff. And the base, the whole premise is kind of mashing together two things. Uh, so it's many of the Final Fantasy characters with all of the Disney universe, which at the time for the first game was a huge deal. And the first mm -hmm. um, Kingdom Hearts is great. I haven't played. I don't play that game at all, and I know that it was huge. It was for everybody. It was really fun. Like yeah. it was one of those things that I, it was a discovery for me. For that, that's how I found about the Final Fantasy universes, which was not ideal because it's very confusing like it is notoriously hard to follow because they kind of just smash these two universes against each other and final fantasy is basically each final fantasy game stands alone in with its own universe and its own story and its own characters but in kingdom hearts they just take whatever they want from all 15 games and expect you to understand the lore so eventually kingdom hearts by the time we get to kingdom hearts 3 uh, which is the one that I'm referencing, is so convoluted that it's like hard to follow, but the gameplay is still pretty fun. And basically you you play as Sora and you're joined by um, Donald the duck and Goofy the whatever Goofy is uh, to... A dog? <laughs> a dog, I guess. Um, it's, a, it's a funny looking dog. Um, basically you go to these different universes and sometimes when you go to these different Disney planets, your characters transform so in this one, they go to the Monstropolis planet. And in this one, Donald the Duck has uh, just one eye. So they all look oh. a little bit monsterfied when they visit here. Uh, but Donald looks kind of monstery and, and appears as a Cyclops, um, which is fun. Um, and you kind of visit their universe and play around. There's a big fight in the room with all the, the doors um, where they go to different uh, children's rooms and stuff. Um, but that's great um oh there's so many video games i've even tried to cut this list down and just focus on my favorite okay the most distinct which also ties into my favorite monster that we talked about in history is have you played any of the jackbox uh party pack games madrin i have like yeah so in one of the jack i can't remember which jackbox party pack it's in 
but there's a game TKO. Uh, and in this game TKO, uh, a number of the yokai are player avatars that you can choose to play as. And one of them is the Karakasa, the Umbrella Ghost. So you can play as the Umbrella Ghost uh, in the game TKO in the Jackbox Party Pack. Um, so maybe the next time I um, am entertaining, I don't want to play Jackbox. I'm going to find whatever oh. Jackbox uh, this game is in so that I can play as the uh, Karakasa. Well, now I, I am super into this Umbrella Ghost. We need to talk about trying to book it as a guest. Oh, my God. Imagine, Wouldn't is this be- going to be our next be our next big celeb appearance? I'm trying to think of, you know, obviously Krampus was a big one. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, mm-hmm. I think, some pretty big... Banshee was huge for me. Banshee was pretty big for yeah. you, yeah, for a big personal connection. You know, we've had a lot. We, we've met um, some pretty iconic monsters, but yeah, I think we're going to have to figure out maybe this booking department, try to get some of the uh, the yokai. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of games that I have played, uh, just a very large variety of um the legend of zelda has uh cyclopes that appear in tons of them in various different versions uh links to the past links awakening four swords a link between worlds and breath of the wild feature the hinoxes which are one-eyed bomb throwing brutes um which most closely resemble the classic cyclops um which I would say is the earlier version that we were talking about that is peaceful, but in this case, they are still throwing bombs at you. So I guess <laughs> they're taking a bit of each. Um, there's also a, a recurring boss that usually appears at the beginning of the game. That's been in many of the versions. I remember it in Ocarina of Time at the very beginning of the game. You go into the forest temple beneath or inside the Deku tree and there's a great sequence where you like you look up and there's this giant uh, anthropod spidery uh, one-eyed boss called Goma um, that's depicted with a single yellow eye. And um, there's some smaller uh, little enemies as well that are just like little versions of the spiders with one eye kind of running around that you have to shoot with an arrow or slash with your sword. Um, but they're kind of, yeah, spider and crab-like monsters with a single eye and a gigantic uh, eyeball um, with spindly legs. The design changes, but specifically Goma re- reappears from like 8-bit form to um, more modern, fully fleshed 3D um, form. Um, well, I'm a- really dying to know, Will, did you find a Cyclops Pokemon? Oh, you know I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was, a bit, you know, I was going to hold off and let you You're get holding off, you're going to wait. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, inquiring minds need to know. Well, there's, I mean, there's it's a different um, Pokemon with uh, one eye, but specifically the one that I think that has to be referenced is uh, Dusclops, which is a ghost that looks almost like a, mu- a mummy uh, that comes out at night that has one eye and is uh, very much a Cyclops. Um, you can find them uh, wherever ghost Pokemon are found. Um, there's a few different evolutions of that Pokemon, uh, but I really like the uh, Dusclops. And, you know, unsurprisingly, they appear at uh, Dusk. <laughs> um, yeah. Dusclops. I mean, Dusk-clops. I like it. The name says it all. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it. Great. Look, you, 
Pokemon, you can't fault them for creature design. You might be able to fault them for poor translation sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes Pokemon are just exactly what they are. Um, sometimes you just think like, Pidgey is just a bird. Like they just are the things that they are. They sound like the things that they are. And then sometimes they're very inventive. Um, yeah. It's a kind of a miracle actually that some of them get such distinct names. Um, you'll never guess what Caterpie is, Patrick. Is it a caterpillar? Yes, it is. Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. So, you know, they, that's those are early games. Uh, eventually they had to, I think, get really creative with different mythologies. Um, actually, it is one of the things that's that's cool about the Pokemon games. I don't know. Let's say in the last five, ten years. Also, shout out to while we're on Pokemon, shout out to Ash Ketchum, uh, who has finally become the ultimate world champion Pokemon master, and after twenty years has uh, retired, so is no longer the protagonist of the Pokemon stories. Wow! What an illustrious my career! Goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I found this out not from some nerdy thing, but like ESPN tweeted out like, "Congratulations, Ash Ketchum, you did it after 20 years." Because uh, of I guess perpetual says, childhood, 20 yeah, years of perpetual. <laughs> you did it. You became the the grand world international <laughs> Pokemon champion. So amazing, out. good but for the, you, Ash. I Ketchum. will say, when the the Pokemon universe has done such a great job of as they've you know had to keep inventing all of these new storylines and new Pokemon. Now, sometimes they root it in the mythology of a specific location. Um, so there is uh, like Alolan, which is basically like the Hawaii island Pokemon. Like, and they go into all of that mythology or um, Pokemon Sword and Shield is very much based in uh, like English and um, I don't know, Welsh like mythology. Like all of those Pokemon have like there's even like a as i think i referenced in one of these a pulte ghost like for a tea you know they, they've picked different mythologies to dive into so i appreciate that as someone who likes monsters and mythology um i have one last uh video game character to to reference in my search for pop culture and that is waddle do from the uh, kirby universe it's a reoccurring enemy in the kirby series and it often functions Waddledoo looks a little bit like a Kirby, except it has a giant eye where Kirby's face would be. And it's, I think, brown instead of pink. Um, Waddledoo is uh, related to Waddledee. The main difference being that Waddledoo are able to attack nearby opponents with an electrified beam fired from their oh, eye. Beam coming out of their Cyclops eye. Cyclops style. And um, Waddledoo are deeply protective of their Waddledee brethren anyway it's a it's a character that keeps popping up kind of like a shadow to sonic as we have made this a sonic the hedgehog reference podcast episode uh <laughs> waddle do is to kirby what shadow is to sonic and uh with that i don't need to talk about any more pop culture imagine over to you <laughs> i did find a couple of songs that were about uh or that referenced cyclopes uh nice. there's a marilyn manson song called mm -hmm. cyclops it came there out is. on portrait of an american family it came out in 1994 and i don't know who was around of our listeners who was around in 1994 but uh you can imagine that this song is Marilyn Manson at his Marilyn Manson-iest. Yeah, I, I just uh, took a hard pass going down yeah, that. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of like 
deep growling vocal fry and some just straight up women hating misogyny. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it wasn't my favorite song that I've ever listened to, but you know, it appealed to somebody. So hard <laughs> not recommend. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I don't recommend Marilyn Manson as a whole. True that. In general, anyway. So, however, on the flip side, I also found a song uh, called Cyclops Rock from oh, They Might yes. Be Giants, which uh-huh. was a bop. Yeah. Uh, it, on the flip confirm, side, so the Mar- listen to it very recently, and it is a bop. <laughs> yeah. The Marilyn Manson song, very dark, very misogynistic. He basically, it, the whole song is about how much he hates women. Uh, but the, the They Might Be Giants song is about how this guy got his heart broken and how, you know, he wishes his lady was still around. So, oh. you know, it's cute. It's lovely. Uh, and it's a very, like, the, They Might Be Giants have such a unique, distinctive sound that anytime you hear one of their songs, you're like, oh, yeah, that's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing your thing. You know, like, they do what they do so well. That's nice. I imagine, now, this has happened to us before, where a guest has kind of indirectly booked themselves to the show. Right. You remember yeah. uh, Tigert, uh, who are, are one of our oldest interns. Uh, yes. Rest his soul, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, who uh, I believe booked a skeleton for us. Um, but I had a similar circumstance uh, where Chuck um, kind of wandered into my apartment. Uh, this time it was very early in the morning. It wasn't late at night, but at that point to me, it feels basically the same. Uh, and he had a little note stapled to his back uh, that just says, me Cyclops do show. And then um, there was actually just like an X, Y coordinate, like as in a map uh, whereby um, the, the intern could travel. So Chuck, uh, who is a uh, self-proclaimed action star, but um, you wouldn't know it by looking at him, uh, has traveled out uh, to find the Cyclops in. And I was told uh, that they're going to be joining us in about five minutes, Madrin. So okay. um, I think uh, it's probably best that we take a break and prepare ourselves Uh for for this uh ar- the arrival of um the cyclopean our our cyclopean our experience yeah uh, unless you have any pop yeah. culture that you want to get in there b- before uh, our guests arrive no you you scratched my pokemon itch i was glad to know <laughs> i like that, that we've there, converted yeah. you from a pokemon okay. hater to a full-on like <laughs> give me what you got <laughs> there's you're gotta be a pokemon you're yeah. an addict well yeah. welcome um all right we're gonna take a little break and when we get back we'll be joined by our guests um i don't know their name because all i got was a note stapled to a back uh and i will not be covering that uh we do not have coverage for staples in the back sorry chuck okay so we are back and uh chuck has established a pretty good signal for us. And uh, I am currently looking at a Cyclops. Um, So uh, may I ask you what your name is, uh, sir? Uh, Me Cyclops. Yes. Yes. Me Cyclops do show. Oh, I see. Uh, And and your name is also Cyclops? Me Cyclops. Me Cyclops. You Cyclops. You Cyclops. Okay. Okay. Uh, me, Will, um, that Madrin. Me, Madrin. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. This uh, me, sheep. Oh, you sheep. Oh, eh? you have sheep. How many sheep do you have? 
Me have sheep. This sheep. <laughs> one sheep. Just the one? And the can I guess the name of your sheep? Yes, guess. Sheep? Yes! <laughs> oh, this sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you got Cyclops. Hello, sheep. sheep. And uh, is, is, uh, is Chuck still there? Chuck. Chuck. Our intern. The the he's He gave you all of the recording equipment. Tasty man. Tasty ah, man. Yeah. Tasty man. Well, nom, 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 nom. That's, okay. well, that's not unusual uh, in our line of work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very uh, nice. Good to nice. sheep. Good to sheep? Oh, that's yes. good. Good, good. Oh, well, I'm glad. Give sheep good. pet. Oh, nice. very nice. nice. That's very nice. I'm glad. Tastes like chicken. Okay, well, we don't need to get into that too, too much. Um, This uh, is answering, I think, my first question for you, uh, Cyclops, um, which is, uh, are you peaceful or aggressive towards humans? Or was that simply a, a nice snack for you? Oh, very good snack. Yes, yes. Me like humans. Me say, hi, human. Me hungry. They provide. Very nice. Now, could they trade you food in exchange for their life? Or is this all just kind of, uh, why would you go through the effort? No trade, me take. Human, okay. tasty. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Hello, human. Um, um, Wait, me you eat talk you. I'm sorry, do you say that to them while you're eating them? Yes. <laughs> Last thing they hear. Nom, 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 nom. And you say hello? Hi, human. <laughs> That's horrifying. Oh. Um, but you say it so Say nicely. hi, sheep. Hi, sheep. Me pet, me pet. Now be hungry. Me eat you. Oh. <laughs> now, has there ever been a human that has uh, es escaped your snacky grasp? Oh, sometimes... Me full. Oh, cannot eat more humans. Oh, too full. Three yeah. humans come island. Eat one. Mm, nom, nom, nom. Two. Oh, I, uh, this is a lot. Three, no. no. Go, <laughs> like, go. Couldn't possibly. Oh, oh, no, just no. no room for dessert. Yes. Yeah. I get that. I get that. It's good to know your limits. It's good We're... to know. You don't want to overeat. You feel gross the next day. Yes. Yeah. We're pretty bony too. I imagine yeah. there's a lot of you know picking through the bones. It's like there's some effort involved. Unless can you eat the bones too? Do we bone in? Boil bone, good broth. Oh, oh. okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do the same Tips. thing, right? We'll make chicken yeah. broth or beef broth <laughs> from bones. Yeah. yeah. Tips for eating humans. You know, imagine we have talked about tips on the show to avoid being eaten, but I don't think we've ever talked about the show about tips for how to eat a human. So if, you're saying boiled is good. You can make a nice stew from the uh, bone. After eat meat, save bones. Okay. Boil. Okay. But when you eat the and meat. That's the kind of advice that people give human chefs about their meat too. Mm -hmm. So this really makes sense. Do you, do you roast? Me not so different. Oh, yeah. well. Do you roast the humans or do you simply eat them raw, uh, sushimi style? Depend me mood. Okay. Me think today, mm, barbecue. Oh. Nice. Perhaps tomorrow, sautéed. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you do seem to be in a cave, um, which yes. also kind of, I see a bit of light, so you must be close to the exit, but may I ask where your cave is located? Me cave on me island. And um, do you know where your island is located? 
surrounded by water. And do you know where that water is located? Outside of me island. Okay, I think we're going to get as okay, yeah, we can yeah. imagine. Um, maybe we could do some XY coordinating um, and try to figure out. But if I had to guess, I'd say probably Greece. Greece. Or maybe Sicily. I, I read a oh, lot yeah, about Sicily. how there were a lot of Sicilian Yes, that's true. Cyclopes. That's, that's true. Cyclopes. 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 Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So that, that, that puts to rest how to pluralize a cyclops. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Yes. Not often two of us at once. Oh, me really? stay, me cave, other cyclopes on me island have own cave. Well, we is... no talk. Why don't you talk? Okay. Was there was there a falling out? You know, me love me sheep, they love they sheep, me say me sheep best. They oh, okay. say no me sheep best. Me sheep best. Come on. Uh-huh. Now does anyone ever try to hurt your sheep? This seems like it could be uh I would never. Just Why? I don't know, but Why I just say, hurt me sheep. Well, I would never. Look at sheep. I, it is very oh, beautiful sheep. Sweet. Beautiful sheep. Hello, sheep. Have you ever Hello. seen ever seen Sean the sheep? Oh. Oh, movie tell. all about, movie all about sheep. sheep. Yeah. Clay clay sheep, not tasty, but sheep adventure, all about sheep. Uh oh. got nothing on your sheep though. Your sheep is even better. But sheep, maybe... you won't watch sheep movie. Pa, pa. Oh, sheep like this idea. Okay. Oh, All right. Good. Well, we'll send you. Oh, yeah, what? we'll send you. Yeah, the we'll send you a coffee. You know, I I understand why you feel so strongly about how your sheep is the best sheep because here, uh, usually for us we like to keep dogs and cats as pets. They're mm -hmm. they're our animal companions. I feel very strongly about my cat being the best cat. Mm -hmm. So I, feel... I understand. Very strongly about my dog being the best dog. See, now, yeah. So I think there are a lot of people who can relate to that. Well, you know, I would fight somebody who tried to say that their cat was better than my cat. Sheep better. Well, this you is... think sheep are better than cats? Yes. Listen here. Well, uh, bah. <laughs> cat no ba. Cat no ba. They meow. That's true. Nah. They also shriek. Mine, well, yeah, okay, mine does sometimes. And and the claw. only one I'm ignoring her. Um, yeah. now if have you ever? You're sounding very anti-cat here, Will. Well, I am. I do own a dog. <laughs> um, no, you I like. You can cats. own a dog without being anti-cat. No, I, cats are fine. I'm not anti-dog. That's true. Fight, yeah. fight, fight. Well, fight. this brings see, me to, see, this is just, to my yeah. to my follow-up question. Okay, so let's not pit cats against dogs against sheep here. That's All right, the, the All old. Right. Classic cats versus sheep. Yeah, versus cats, dog. cats versus sheep. But I am age old debate. I am wondering, have you guys on the island ever had a sheep competition? Now we humans sometimes have a dog competition where we oh, trot yeah. dogs around and make them race or cats. Um, there's a very famous you know television program, a yearly uh, dog show. Do you ever have a sheep show where the sheep's uh, you know compete to see the best sheep? Once, very long time ago. Okay. Many cyclopes died. Oh. Oh. Because Got everyone thought very competitive. How, did I any see. did any sheep die? 
No. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I don't Why? know. I, just, I thought no. in the heat of battle, you know. So Fuck you're all very, very respectful, not just to your own sheep, but to other people's sheep as well. Love sheep. Wow. I love that you love sheep. Yes. See, yeah, it's a very caring. Good companion. Okay. Snuggle tight. Snuggle, but not oh. too tight. No. But I guess, you know what? A, a sheep is a good snuggly animal because they've got lots of uh, wool that, that protects it from being overly snuggled. Um, that probably keeps them nice, nice and safe from a from a big hug. Um, always so, safe, always safe, <laughs> always safe. Um, now, we humans sometimes our eyes are not the best. Uh, you know, my vision's okay; it's not the best. Do you, uh, having a very large eye, ever struggle with seeing things that are close up or far away? Oh, me. Can no tell how close. Oh, how close? How? Are? Yeah. But me see everything. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Very. So I'm guessing. Imagine that we're learning. He has a very wide and uh, field of vision. Uh, I can see. You know the whole cave island uh, life. But it probably walks into a couple trees, I would say, not knowing how close the tree or the rock is. It's very real danger. <laughs> trees. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody could just, you know, fall off a cliff if you don't know how, how close the cliff is. Oh, me Cyclops mummy. Oh, oh. no. Oh. oh, no. Big cliff on island. Uh-huh. Why? Not to be confused with Ba. No, no, me, mummy, no sheep. Oh, me, mummy, me, mummy. Oh. So you're saying your mummy didn't see the edge of the cliff because of her depth perception and fell off the edge. Oh, that's very tragic. sad. I'm sorry to hear that. Me no it's like tragic. cliffs. No, okay. I hear. I understand that. That's do you, understandable. Do you not go to that cliff anymore? No. Well, you don't want to get to, if you didn't know how close the edge was, could be you don't want to repeat history well. every year on day. Me get as close, me dare. Uh huh. Say, Mummy, come uh-huh. back. Well, if you want to, you know, she'd never a... come. Yeah, I, I don't think she's it's going very to. sad. She is. If you want to be safe, you could probably just go to the bottom of the cliff. You get really close to the bottom, but I wouldn't recommend getting very close to the top. Oh, me mummy went to bottom. Uh huh. Did not go well. Well, no, you don't want to go off off the top to the bottom. You just want to walk to the bottom and then look at the top. Then when you'd be really close. Oh, but you not you fall. smart. Oh, thank you. Uh, the the worst case scenario is that you bump into the wall of the cliff, but that's I think you're pretty sturdy. Um, me hit lots walls it seems mm-hmm. like you might yeah um for our I, listeners... there's one there's one question that often came up when you know in our research and then even when we were talking about some of these pop culture characters is whether or not your eye has any kind of powers any kind of destructive powers like a laser beam or there was some kind of vague reference to poison coming out of the eyes when I was reading about the Irish uh, Cyclops Baylor. Oh, yeah. Is there any? Is there any um, 
truth to that? Do, you know, does does your eye have any kind of special powers? Me no, but me met Baylor once. <gasps> really? Yes. Very nice Cyclops. Oh, very so, nice. So for, for don't you to... let him look at you. No, mm. I will not. But now this is very this... sturdy, good uh, 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 immune system. Mm-hmm. Humans, not good to eat after meeting Baylor. Now, did... well, what what kind of power did his eye have? Poison. Oh, okay. So it just now... come like streaming out of his eye. Yes. Ooh. Very. Tear ducts? He he think of sad things. Poison come down and shoot mm. at humans. Oh no, it's like a lizard. Seems waste me. You poison humans. How you eat? When a when a, when a cyclops makes cries, does it just drip down the middle of their nose? <laughs> if, the, if the eye is there's just one tear duct tear duct in the middle of the bottom of the eye? Or does it drip out the side of the eyes? Ducts on either side. Okay. Oh. Here, you you want to see? Me think about me, mummy. Oh, oh, I was trying to get oh, off. Oh, mummy. Oh, okay. No, hang on, mummy. You don't need so, to. So it's when, fine. Baylor, you see Baylor. these tears? No, we see. Yep, they're coming Careful. out. Of- don't <laughs> keep that poison away. Don't, don't make sheep. your keep the don't poison away from vision- the sheep. No, don't no, no, no. Me not Baylor. Oh, okay, good. Baylor weird eyes. Me eyes just normal. Only have sadness. Okay, oh. well, this is really uplifting. But I would like to know, yeah. when you met Baylor, were you on vacation or did he visit you? Me on vacation. Oh, where'd you go? Um, humans come island, bring uh-huh. boat. Okay. Me hungry, eat humans, you know. As you do. Get on boat. Was on boat long time. Mm-hmm. Don't know where. End up meeting guy. He say, hello, my name is Baylor. He talk weird. Uh-huh. Yes, but say his name Baylor. Okay. And... And he told me of his mummy, and he cried, and there were humans who... But then me say, bye, Baylor, back on boat, and me end up on new island with new cyclopes. Oh, wow. Because me no find old island. Okay. so It's hard to find specific island, no map. So when I suggested that you visit your mummy's cliff, I guess that involves going back to the original island. No wonder it's been so hard for you to find and visit. Maybe me did find old island. Wait. Well, Maybe island inside island? me all along. Oh. <laughs> Have you been visiting your mom, your mom's island cliff in your in your dreams? In me head. Oh, in your all head. cliffs. Me mummy's cliff. Oh, just trying to keep that cliff close. You yes. Know? Um, it's just for our listeners at home. I mean, I can see you. You've got this big, wonderful eye as you've shown us. You do have tear ducts on the side. Um, can you just describe to them maybe your approximate height and like build? Because it's very clear to us, but uh, this is an audio program. So, all right. It, last time me see human, uh-huh. 
He about up to me waist. Oh, okay. Okay. Too human tall. Me. Okay. It's about twelve okay. feet. Twelve feet tall. That explains. The, it's hard to tell because you're framed in a in a cave, right? So there's not much for us to compare it to other than a sheep. But big cave. Wandering me in and out of frame. Very, very privileged. Mm, yes, you do seem very fortunate with the size of your cave. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, some very uh, humanoid skin, I would say. Seems maybe a little tougher, a little bit more scarred than ours, but... Um... Skin get tough when always bumping into trees. <laughs> That's true. Mm. And walls. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, you ever... Um... So, Cyclops, I, I was just wondering what kinds of things that you did, you know, what 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 do you do on your day-to-day? What do you do for fun? Or do you have some kind of job? I know you've got your sheep and you hang out with with them yes uh but you know what what else do you fill your days with me me love me sheep Mm -hmm. occasionally me groom sheep sheer wool Uh me knit oh Oh. now do you ever look look me scarf oh wow and magic scarf magic scarf for the sheep as well Yes, that's so funny to to shear the sheep and then give it back to them in a new form. Look at it wearing its own fur. It seems very, very happy. warm. Mm. That's very sweet. Yeah. Um, now we know that you're able to knit. So you're able to make um, you know different things with your knitting. Now we have found that a lot of uh, cyclopes have been very capable uh, crafters. Yeah, you know, some of them make. Uh, walls, some of them have made feats of architecture, some of them have made even mm-hmm. bombs, explosives. Um, do you have any kind of uh, particular crafting skill uh, in, in making things? We Cyclopes make very good walls. Very good walls. Oh, okay. Very good walls. Yes. yes. We build big fence around me cave uh-huh. to keep other Cyclopes out oh yeah yeah smart smart now in uh uh four or five years ago man come say from america need help building wall mm-hmm. but he not so tasty mm. but me eat anyway oh be build own wall not american wall yeah Probably better off not building any more walls in America. They have enough um, literal yeah, and they got a problem walls between the each other. They're trying to work on right now. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, so it's good to know you can build a, a wall. And do you have some? Are they limestone? Big limestone boulders there? Are they kind of green? Yes, big green rocks from mountain me cave. Oh wow! Oh wow! You know, limestone cave maybe. Yes. Oh, wow. Very fancy. I've heard that actually limestone is great for making wine as well. Do you guys ever make any wine oh. uh, on, on the island? Me make excellent beer. Oh, beer. Yes. That, that, now, what type of beer do you make? Uh, me make very hoppy beer. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, craft IPA business on island booming wow oh are you the only one that does it well 
Cyclops down road say my IPA better. Uh-huh. But yours it seems like you are in constant. Cave. Well, it also seems like you are in constant competition with your neighboring Cyclopes. You know, you think that your wall is better, and they think that their IPAs are better, and everybody thinks that they have the best sheep. It seems. Are you? Do you think you are? antagonistic or or argumentative by nature or is it just maybe just this you don't get along with one of your neighbors because i get that i get that right it's like oh you know just because you live next to each other doesn't mean you have to be friends me lone wolf me not need big friends we have sheep Mm -hmm. sheep best friend i feel that way sometimes right i don't need other people i've got my cat Mm -hmm. exactly no cat sheep okay well I don't think a sheep would do very well in my little house. Mm-hmm. Cat would be better for me. But I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Now, my uh, last question that I have here is, um, how long have you lived in this cave? Since Big Boat Ride. Uh, Since Big Boat Ride. Uh, uh, would you say that it's over 100 years? Yes. Okay, well, I have a very important question, which is, <laughs> I have learned that there are some objects after 100 years that, that gain their own uh, life, like an umbrella. And I have heard that there's an umbrella that has one <laughs> eye and uh, leg and all sorts of funny things. Do you own an umbrella? And has it gained life? Uh, me check me umbrellas. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, there's the first umbrella. No, this no, one not alive. No, this one's just a normal umbrella. Pink, normal. though, which is nice. Okay. This umbrella? This umbrella? Me think not alive. Umbrella, you alive? No. That Answer me. That umbrella's just Answer very, me. That umbrella's very broken. I think maybe it's just uh, it got uh, hit against maybe a tree. Damaged Those are the only umbrellas. Only two okay, umbrellas? Okay. Okay. So I guess. How many uh, me need? You say that like, yeah, I don't know anybody who has a vast umbrella collection here, Will. Well, I don't know, Madrid. I just want to know. I want to meet. Uh, the, you just want to meet an umbrella monster. I know. I know. The, the Caracasa. Yeah. I, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. You know, maybe that'll be like like a milestone. Like maybe like for our, our 50th episode, we can book the umbrella monster. Oh. I would love that. That would be awesome. Even just getting them to make a, you know, a drop by appearance. Yeah. You know, that, that would we be... can invite them to the bunker for the Christmas oh, party. Oh, that would be good. Or the Halloween yeah. party. The Halloween Bring party. That would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, we have, uh, uh, Cyclops, we've arrived um, at a, at the time of the show where, where sometimes we like to um, pitch things that are going on. Maybe in your life, uh, you have something that, that you'd like to sell, like a IPA, perhaps, uh, to some of our listeners at home. Me highly recommend me IPA. Uh, shipping long time. Me, oh, yes. Me don't know where other places are. Okay. And also delivery. I have to get it off the ship. And then stamps. I mean, do you even have any stamps or do you have to make them from scratch? Uh, no, me no have stamps. So who delivered? Does, does, is it delivered by sheep? Or do you deliver it yourself? No, me, me throw bottle into water. <laughs> me say, sail to Canada. Me throw, you wait, 
couple hundred years. Okay. <laughs> well, that might be a problem for us. It wouldn't be a problem for an umbrella ghost. Um, but humans tend not to live to a hundred years. So, oh, I know it's kind of depressing, isn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, as a baby, you would have to order your beer and then hope that it arrives before you die. What's well, like subscriptions to um, some? Do you know any teams. babies who might want beer? Um, well, generally, uh, you're not supposed to give beer to babies, but you could give beer to someone who's almost a hundred if they're if they can survive it. You know, uh, I think if they send made it to beer to your babies. A beer. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Do you know okay, any, yeah. any babies? babies? We have some, a couple friends with. Um, yeah, I know some babies. Children. Yeah, so we could send maybe some off to some actors we know with uh, small children. I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure. Jim, as a child, maybe we could send some beer over mm-hmm. there by the time yeah, they've aged Yeah, maybe this kid would like it, yeah. I've got Very a of... aged IPA. Yeah, yes. aged Hundred-year-old man baby, yeah. love it. Yeah, okay. I, I have a couple of uh, baby nieces. They might oh, be get into an IPA later. Yeah, yeah. I have um, no children, which <laughs> I am going to offer beer to. Maybe um, by time beer get no, you... That's a children. good point. Maybe by then I'll have a whole, uh, you know, ton of people. You children beer enjoy too. beer. Okay. You um, send me some beer. 90, we'll see how it goes. 85. Wow. Yeah. Oh, maybe. But hey, Madrid, maybe even, maybe some of our ancestors have ordered beer. Because if beer business could have oh, been it, you know. That's How true. long have you been in business for beer? Or is this a recent hobby? Pretty recent. Oh, okay. So probably not so much then. But hey, let's 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 get something. No nice one's gotten any yet. No reviews on Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, let's do it, Madrin. I feel like right, the next yeah, generation we'll is inheriting a bunch of nonsense from us, like global warming and like yeah, you know true. social media. Let's get them something nice, like this IPA nice. from yeah. from an anonymous island, Cyclops. Cyclops and Sheep IPA. Oh, is that the name of it? Yes, Cyclops and Sheep IPA, love it. Um, well, Madrin, I have a film to pitch um, that I saw this past week. I thought it was really excellent. Um, it uh, maybe isn't the like most famous movie that's out right now, uh, but it is kind of doing the indie circuit. Uh, it's called After Sun. It's very good. It's uh, maybe not the easiest watch it's a little bit sad it's also very sweet um basically it's uh, a young girl and her father so she's 11 and he's kind of in his early 30s and the entire thing takes place over this kind of um joyful and melancholic like holiday that they took together uh, when she was a child um and it's filmed in a way that like some of it is recorded on like an old vhs that he's doing um but uh it's just kind of um i don't know it's very clear that like he's you kind of realize like he's a bit like struggling the parents have separated or whatever but it's like very sweet obviously cares a great deal about her but it's uh yeah i didn't know too much about it but uh, paul mescal is in it and he is like is fucking incredible like i hadn't (laughs) seen every once in a while sometimes you see a, a performer right that you're like where did you come from like this is so um extraordinary what you're doing uh and i think he's he's been in some other stuff i just haven't seen it uh so he was in uh normal people which was like a limited series um the lost daughter which i didn't get to see so for i think for many people they're like where have you been will um but he is so good in this film 
um and the 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 girl is really good as well because you never know with kids how it's going to be and um yeah I, I found the whole thing really uh moving and kind of like rocked by this movie um so i hope lots of people go and see it um is it called again it's called after sun right. um and it uh, it's not super long it's produced by a24 which many good movies are um and it's directed by uh charlotte wells um who is a uh, scottish uh, director and producer anyway highly highly recommend checking that out thanks um madrin do you have anything that you'd like to pitch yes i was inspired by this as we were talking about our pop culture references i'm not sure if i've talked about this series before or not but i really really love it it's a series called dead to me mm-hmm. it stars christina applegate and linda cardellini it's on oh, netflix that's funny i um, someone was doing this in my film class i seen from that show oh uh, it's fantastic yeah. it's yeah the, the two of them i think are absolutely at the top of their game in this series uh and what made me think of it though is that james marsden who played cyclops in the x-men movies is also in it um i don't want to give too too much away but essentially the premise is that christina applegate's husband was killed in a hit and run and she meets linda cardellini's character in a grief support group Mm -hmm. and they quickly become very fast and close friends and their lives become very complicated and intertwined with one another and the more that they are uh, the more they interact with each other the more complex and and intertwiny their lives get uh and what was uh, so heartening about so i like i said the the two actors the both of them i think are just absolutely fantastic in this series and um the second season ended on a big cliffhanger and then all of a sudden Netflix yanked the series and anybody who was a fan of the show was like oh my god no you were supposed to extend it we we thought we were getting another season blah 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 and it turns out what had really happened is that Christina Applegate had been diagnosed with MS and so of course was working to deal with all of the complicated things that come with that kind of diagnosis and trying to get herself healthy and things like that too so but of course Netflix didn't want to spill the beans and tell everybody Mm. that before she was ready herself to tell everybody that. Um, So to everybody's credit, she came back and she said, no, I really want to finish out this show, but we have to do it on my terms. We Mm. have to accommodate for these kinds of things, right? Like she was saying, you know, I get tired so much more easily. And because of the medication that she's on, she's like gained, I think something like 40 pounds. You can see Mm -hmm. physically she looks quite different and things like that too. So I haven't actually seen the third season yet. I'm actually Mm -hmm. holding off um, so that I can, I'm waiting for her time period so that I can watch it basically all at once because I found that the episodes are so intense that I can't stop watching it i need to be able to watch it over the course of like just two or three days yeah Um, but definitely it's on netflix i highly 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 recommend it and i'm just so pleased that they are able to get their third season and that especially something that is such a fantastic vehicle for christina applegate she's able to close out that chapter on her terms and finish telling that story yeah yeah i do find we were talking about this uh off mic a little earlier that for for dramas and limited series like it's definitely requires different focus whereas like watching comedy or sitcoms like it it's um you can be more of a passive viewer um so yeah i I know definitely shows that i'm like i'm gonna watch this but i need to carve out some time to give it a different type of focus for sure yeah it's definitely at least for me it is definitely not the kind of thing that you can put on in the background while you're making dinner or Mm -hmm. folding laundry kind of thing like it i very intensely need 
mm-hmm. to focus on it. I mean, I think everything benefits from that, but some of it like really requires it, I guess. Um, well, this has been our Creechy Coffee Break. If you enjoy the show and you want to uh, support us, you can go to ko-fi.com slash monstrology and you can chip us a couple bucks uh, in the form of a coffee five which is five increments of $5. Um, well, um, Cyclops, thank you for joining us. And thank you for uh, bringing sheep uh, to join us as well. Sheep have great time. Yes, great. I'm going to send you uh, Sean the sheep. Uh, so you guys can watch that together. And um, take a, keep a close look on your umbrellas. I want to make sure, you know, if anything comes up there, you, you get in touch. Me watch um, this one closely. Yes, that one seems like a little more suspect than the broken one, but you never know. You um, alive yet, Umbrella? <laughs> no, not yet. There's something to look forward to. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners at home uh, as they, they journey out into their lives? Look, you humans have such short life. True. Hug your sheep now. <laughs> well, uh, that's a great uh, word of wisdom. Um, thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. Uh, I'm going to uh, close out this episode so I can go uh, hug my dog and happily do so, I'm sure. Uh, my cat will probably be angry with me if I wake her up to hug her, but yeah. maybe I'll uh, do it anyway. <laughs> maybe my dog would just prefer that I walk him instead of hugging him, but maybe I'll try both. that um uh but uh thank you for joining us cyclops uh until uh next week uh listeners i hope you're joined by uh as many or uh as few monsters as you would like and i hope you have a great life bye and keep an eye on your umbrellas yeah watch your umbrellas they're coming me watch umbrellas closely Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. (laughs) 